we're back with a brand new season. So of course I had to come with brand new setup, even in-person interviews, new guests, new episodes. So today to kick off season two, episode one, I have USC men's basketball forward, Isaiah Mobley. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing real good. Happy to be here. Excited to be here and enjoying myself. I know there's a lot of guys that like pick up a basketball at the age of two and fall in love with the game. Some guys don't start even playing until like the age of 15. When did you truly become immersed and introduced into the game of basketball? My um, first uh, word was ball. So um, that kind of tells you right there. Um, basketball was always like kind of number one. Played some football and some other sports and stuff. But um, yeah, like for me, like ever since I was, I can remember. Um, I always liked to be around it and watch, and my dad would play in men's leagues, and we'd be in the stroller, and we would just watch. Um, so, yeah, like, it's always been a love for me. Yeah, your first word was ball. That's crazy. I feel like definitely foreshadowed a lot. Talks about the environment in which you were raised in. Like you said, your dad played. Um, you also, your brother as well. Talk to me about growing up, playing basketball with your brother. What's maybe one quality that he has brought out in you? Um, it's a good question. Um, he's taught me like just um, poise because he's super poised just in general, both on and off the court. So, um, but he taught me like more poise, like on the court, just to relax and take the game steady. Not you don't have to always be so like anxious or stuff to do stuff on the court. Um, yeah, just taking a stride. So that's what I would say. How would you describe your guys' dynamic? It's fun and it's funny. Um, I feel like we're like the perfect power or counterbalance between each other. Like he's more reserved. I'm like a little more outgoing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, and we know each other like really well. Um, and it's like more of like, I would say like, to like from a talking standpoint, it's like a um, body language-ish. Like we kind of, I feel like we always are thinking very similarly yeah. um, in different situations. So yeah, like that's how I could best describe it. I saw the video where he got you a car for your birthday. Um, it was super nice. Um, I, I didn't expect it at all. Uh, I knew my birthday was coming up and I wanted a car. Um, they got it for me a little early um, and, and hit me with a surprise. Um, so uh, that was super cool, like something I'll always, always remember. Um, and I'm super appreciative of it, like, because um, you didn't have to do that. And then seeing his trajectory now, even during All-Star Weekend currently, during you know, the Rising Stars game and today with the Skills Challenge, what is it like seeing his tra trajectory as just growing up, knowing him personally and seeing him now in the league? Um, I haven't always been like freakishly talented just at, at everything. Um, me and my cousin said, um, who used to play and stuff like at Utah, we noticed it early um, when we were like super little. Um, he just like did stuff different and, and it was like crazy because he could keep up, even though he was younger than both of us. Um, uh, we always knew that he'd be special. We just didn't know in what but uh, or how far. But, um, yeah, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, he's excelling. Uh, he, he seems like he's getting better by the game um, in his rookie year right now. Um, and, yeah, like, I think I think he can achieve whatever he truly sets himself out to, to, um, to achieve. You guys are both powerhouses in high school together. And coming out of high school, I know you were – number one recruit in California and number four power forward in the country. I want to know, what is your take on rankings? Um, rankings, uh, they're, I think, 
they can be used as a tool, but I, I'm not the like biggest agreeer of them because like, um, it's like like number one, I feel like the, the pro- first problem with rankings is like, for the most part, people who don't or haven't played at the level that they rank, even um, rank kids, and I feel like that's the the number one like that's the number one problem with them. Then after that, um, now especially, like there's so much more like things like come into play, like in terms of popularity and stuff like that, which can create another bias um, or just seeing a kid more or less than um, uh, someone else. So like I'm just not the biggest fan of them um, because like, like, they're just so like skewed and there's no like concrete facts or way to prove anyone is mm-hmm. so much better than, than them. And you could go to stats and stuff, but then you, you have to incorporate situations, which isn't statistical. And it's just like a whole like wormhole. So like, um, I do think they can be as a tool, like a, just like a kind of guideline. Like, I think even like, if you say like, I think these guys are the top 10, I'm not sure which order I don't like, but you know, you have feels like a ranges, which I think is a little more effective. Um, but also, like, just as a player, like, from a competitive standpoint, like, you do like him in a sense because you want to be the best. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's how I, that's my that's kind of take on rankings. Yeah, that's true. I think you touched on the whole point where where it's like, what's the criteria of it? And I know that was a topic of discussion with the whole NBA 75, like, who's to judge and a lot of the snubs and, you know, that whole situation. And then you think of players like Steph Curry or John Morant who weren't even nationally ranked or... Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it does go, go to show, like, it's not really where you start, it's where you finish. Um, but I did have another question. What do you think is better, a good player or a good teammate, and whether or not you think there is a difference? Good player and good teammate. Oh, yeah, there's definitely, there's a, I feel like there's a extremely, like, those are, like, yeah, like, few and, like, few and four in between is, like, there's a gray area, because you can be both, but I, you can definitely be one solely or the other. So, um, good player, like, I know, like, plenty of good players, but um, not all of them are good teammates, though, at all. Um, so, like, yeah, I think there's, like, a huge difference in between that. Just because, too, like, like when you are a good player, you can be a bad teammate by like, like I'm a good player or I'm the best player. I could shoot it every time and just not pass it. And then and if we still win, then it's great. And I got my numbers and, and yeah, but like that's a bad teammate. And if you're not a good enough player, like you probably won't be too successful if you um, like taking that, that, that route. But I think being both a good player and a good teammate is like extremely important. And I feel like the better teammate you are, in most cases, can make you uh, help you become a better player. Would you consider yourself both a good player and a good teammate? Yes, I would. But <laughs> there's definitely times where, like, I like I haven't been the best of teammates. I would say, but I feel like um, if I were to, if an anonymous thing went out with past my past teammates, like for the most part, about 80, I would say, was 80 out of 100 would, would say that I was a good team, okay. teammate for them. So I want to get into a new segment that I like to call what's really good, where we kind of just 
you know, get more into the details and kind of break it down. So for you, I'm going to look at, I found some scouting reports from high school, so I thought it would be That's interesting cool. to, I, you know. I don't even know. <laughs> well, have you ever, like, looked at them? or? In high school, no, not a chance. Like, no, yeah. Is that because, like, you don't care for it or? Um, just because, like, at our high school, like, we did scouting reports on the teams, but, like, unless they had one player that was, like, well-known, mm -hmm. like, we just kind of went out there and just played. Right. So, this one is from 24-7 uh, Sports. It says, Mobley is an extremely talent, extremely skilled foreman with long arms and a high motor. He's got a terrific feel and can play facing up or with his back to the basket. How, how are we feeling about that so far? I like that. I yeah. like that. I <laughs> you like the sound do. of that. Yeah. Okay, so Mobley has impressive ball skills for the position and can easily take smaller defenders off the dribble while he's also a competent shooter. Yeah, I feel like that one, I like that one better. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah, I feel like I can shoot it. Range see. with the three, range to three with jumper, can attack from high post and has impressive footwork post-up ability. Finishes well with both hands. That's a good one too. That's that's, that's nice. <laughs> He's this is from praise. high school. Yeah, high school oh, wow. scouting report. Uh, so, rebounds in and outside of the area, blocks shots, and passes well for position. Yeah. See, like that one. I like. Obviously, that's all positive. So right. It's We're easy gonna to get like. to the weaknesses. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, and then, well, this last one that they ended on was NBA upside is uncertain due to game becoming smaller, but his trajectory suggests he'll get there and carve out a role. How do you feel about, you know, the whole NBA? It is, I feel like it is more like small ball these days. Um, I do think it's more small ball. Um, and, but I like it, like, and I think that plays to my game because, um, like, I can handle it. I'm versatile, I feel like. Um, so, um yeah, like, it's, it's, the game's changing and you gotta like kind of keep up with it, so. Um, Adapt, yeah. Yeah. So for this other one, NBADraft.net, mm -hmm. um, it's, they, first of all, compared you, NBA comparisons, Hodge Gibson. Okay. How do you feel about that? Yeah, interesting. I think that's not the most accurate right. at all, but it's okay. <laughs> Taj Gibson, yep. Weaknesses, well-coordinated, but isn't highly explosive or incredibly quick off the ground. And although mobile, he doesn't have great speed running the floor. I feel like, uh, I mean, I don't even know the dates on these things, but right. um, there's definitely, like, I'm definitely not the most craziest athlete. Um, um, but, like, I know I'm aware of that, um, number one, and I, I try to work on it. And number two, um, who, who was the last MVP? How athletic is Nikola Jokic? That's just, that's like my biggest like thing. Like, I just don't think it's like, it is a factor for sure. But like, if you know how to play and you can do things, it, it's, it doesn't really matter too much. Definitely. I'm gonna go to more, they ranked like one to 10, like things like athleticism and okay. potential. So they say athleticism is a seven, mm -hmm. defense seven, strength seven, quickness six, Leadership's a six, jump shot eight, NBA ready is six, rebounding eight, and then potential post skills and intangibles are seven. Do any of those stick out to you? Uh, yeah, um, I think the leadership. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh wow. That was like <laughs> probably like the first time I ever heard that, to be honest. I think all those stuff are, are somewhat valid. 
for the most part. I would surprise, like obviously I don't know the dates on any of those. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess like what time that was, it was probably, um, I think, uh, so see, yeah, now I'd say maybe my freshman going into my sophomore year, if I had mm -hmm. to ballpark it. And I think for around that time, a, mo a good amount of those, probably like 70% of them was about right, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So, so like, like obviously I'm not, the, I'm not the greatest player ever, so I definitely got some stuff to work on. Yeah, but it's about growth, right? You said that was from freshman to sophomore year, so you would say that you have had learned a lot about yourself um, since then. Definitely, right? definitely. And then from high school, I know even those four years, that's a lot of time to grow and develop. You are, we're in All-Americans, but talk to me about that journey. I know it's, it can't be smooth. Talk to me about, you know, starting off as a freshman, just growing up playing and then becoming an All-American. When I was a freshman, or when I was like eighth grade, I came in, um, I had like a couple scholarship offers um, coming into high school. And then um, I was like with rankings, I was like 50s and 40s. So I was like known, but I wasn't like, I feel like I was disrespected, like where they put them. Um, and so I always carried like that chip on my shoulder. Um, but like, yeah, like the journey, it was, a, it was, I had a lot of good like stuff happen. Um, I, I was very lucky and blessed um, to be in the position and situation I was. Um, like I started all four years on varsity, um, like all that stuff, but like, and I went to like a bunch of the highest camps, all that stuff, but like at those things though, and like playing, like um, it wasn't always easy. So like I had to learn, I always try to be a sponge, ask questions um, from either my peers that were like the same age as me and older and even younger. Um, if I felt like they were smarter or better than something at me. And then also um, just like my coaches and stuff, um, whether it was at a camp or if it was at practice or a college coach or even some of those guys that, do, that make those rankings, I'd ask mm -hmm. like what they think. Um, just to try to learn and, and, and figure out like, number one, what they're looking for, number one, what I can do to add to myself. Um, and then like, yeah, like uh, around like, I would say my junior year, um, I started to get more traction and stuff with those rankings and stuff and, and put myself in a position to be a McDonald's All-American and, and I made it. Um, it was uh, and I'm something I'm super proud of, like just how I got there. So you said you already had a couple offers in high school. I know one of them was San Diego State. And mm -hmm. then of course you had different offers along the way. Which schools were reaching out to you and how did you decide to, you know, take your talents to USC? Um, San Diego State was my first college offer, um, officially. Mm -hmm. um, Nevada offered the same day uh, when I was in eighth grade summer going into high school. Um, I played at, their t at San Diego State's team camp um, and their coach just told me there. And then after that, like they just slowly started to flood in all through like really like my, after my freshman year, I had like a good amount, like some high, some low, but mainly like just West Coast stuff. And then sophomore year going, Freshman summer, going to sophomore year, I, that's when I got like a bunch. I got like USC, UCLA, um, like almost all the Pac-12, mm -hmm. uh, some SECs like Alabama and stuff like that. 
some ACCs, Miami, places like that. And then um, when I was, a, yeah, going to my junior year, uh, a USC spot opened at the coach position. And my dad was coaching my brother at the time. He was co he never coached me in high school. Um, and uh, he applied for it and, and they got him the job. And then, yeah, like, um, oh, one of my, my best friends mm -hmm. um, was, we were on the same um, Compton Magic team. And he, uh, he always told me he was gonna go there. I like UCLA a lot more. Um, oh, wow. I was very much <laughs> like probably gonna become a Bruin, but I didn't. Um, and I'm glad I didn't, but, uh, yeah, like, and then, so once my dad went there, like it only made sense cause USC was my number two. Mm -hmm. Uh, and after that, like, yeah, it was just like, it was no brainer. I was going there. Um, then I committed, then we, uh, Boogie was in the mix for that. Right. Um, so like, yeah, it was just, it was, it just made sense. Uh -huh. So playing under your dad didn't deter you in any way? Um, well, we just kind of like set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had to, like my freshman year, I feel like we had to like adjust them. Mm -hmm. But once we got it, once we adjust them, like ever since then, like it's been smooth sailing. And it wasn't bad before, it was just like we had to figure out like the parameters of right. everything. Um, and then once that happened, yeah, it was, it was smooth sailing. Like, uh, I was a little bit worried about it, but, um, I knew it was like a better opportunity than, than, like not so definitely and i know you brought up compton magic before which is one of the most successful aau programs we see with such a deep roster of players that come out of there i think there was like 40 plus that made it to the league and 100 plus division one players so talk to me about how compton magic helped develop your craft man um they're uh i feel like the biggest thing they helped me with was like just being like tough and like like somewhat like of a dog um, and like just expanding my confidence. Um, they, they really do a good job, I feel like, of breathing confidence into their players um, and kind of motivating them to go get what they want. Um, and then also surrounding yourself with elite, like, it was a, we had elite everything when I was there, like treatment in terms of like okay. how we flew around would be like, like one, like a baby step below on how we went around in college. Um, on the road in hotels, they gave us like, free reign, which most people would deter because we're like high school kids, but yeah, they just told us like, look, like stay out of trouble because like you get into trouble, like it's on you, which is like the real world. Like exactly. if I do something dumb, like I'm gonna have to face the consequences. And so like, so I feel like since they treated us like men and like high elite division one basketball players, um, and then there's that level of talent around, it just builds, builds you up um, from your confidence um, from the stages that you play on, um, you got like I've been in some of the most iconic AU games just because mm -hmm. um, I was wearing a jersey. You bring up um, confidence, but also I know that Compton Magic breeds or preaches brotherhood. So talk to me about how that community, that sense of community and camaraderie, drives competition. Um, man, community is so like super tight knit, like. If you say you're you're a magic, like I've I've run into people at just my gym not even know at all, tell me they played and then I get the confirmation that they did and then it's like automatically like, yo, you know what I'm saying, like we've known each other for forever. Um, so like that brotherhood is 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 like unexplainable. I mean, 
like, uh, I got about four or five of them that go to the other LA school, and and but like they know like like it's brotherhood first. Like, um, we could care less about really the, the jerseys uh, when we're not playing. So like I talk to them daily. Um, people in the league um, coming back to um, uh, like the gym and stuff. Uh, and talking to people like like after this, I might stop by. There's a tryout tonight. Um, it's just like a like a super tight knit brotherhood, and and we all like just try to use our resources to um, spread that throughout the program, and and also like the people, other people like in need, like giving back and stuff and charity. Um, so it's just like it's like a yeah like a fraternity. It's truthfully like yeah. a brotherhood. And I mean, you mentioned already a couple of names like well, your brother for one, and then. Big O and like Johnny G. Zhang, who's like a popular name in NCAA basketball right now. So definitely fosters that success. But after high school and Compton Magic, what was that transition like to playing at a collegiate level? First, uh, my foot, I broke my foot coming into um, to, to college. So mm -hmm. uh, my last game, my last high school game was Ball's Life All-American game. Uh, I played in it with Big O, with Boogie. Um, Jaime Jaquez was there too. He like, goes to UCLA, like a good amount of Pac-12 guys and guys that you see some people in the league now. Yeah. Um, and uh, played well, um, got MVP of the game. I'm riding high, like mm -hmm. ready, like finally finish everything for high school, going to college. Go work out uh, the net two days later and play in, in a run someone steps on my foot the wrong way, break Jeez. it out for like five months, which was the summer though, going into it. Um, mm -hmm. So I got thrown right into the fire. Like I got healthy like three weeks, four weeks before uh, the season started. Um, so early on though, I thought like, I thought it would be easy. Um, we played, played FAMU uh, our first game. I had like 16 and I was like, okay, like, and then, um, but then like, as time went on early in the season, like, like I had dips mm -hmm. um, and I was like wondering like, damn, am I good enough? Like what happened? Like all of this and stuff. But I still like, I was, I was confident and stuff and I was, and I was working. So I was like, just, oh, let me just trust this process. Like trust it. Um, and cause then I have a good game and a bad game, but we were like loaded. We had seniors, Nick, uh, Big O, um, top to the bottom, Danny, Tommy, Jonah. Um, so, mm -hmm. like, and I had playing opportunities. Like, I played, like, about, like, 20-ish, 18, 20 when I was a freshman in the game. And uh, it wasn't easy at first, but towards the end of the season, like, I caught a little stride. Um, I, I had confidence in myself. I knew I was doing when I was coming off the bench. Like, uh, and, yeah, and so, like, once I, I, I got settled, COVID hit, sadly, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, the transition was, uh, it was, I would say s smooth, but bumpy, like, yeah. like, like speed bump, bumpy, okay. like, so it wasn't like completely rocky, like, and I had a great time. I learned a lot and I'll never forget it. Yes. And you talked about like that self, self doubt that you kind of had, um, like, are you good enough? Um, I want to know after the injury that you mentioned, what was that like mentally? Cause I feel like a lot of players don't really talk about that transition after an injury and how it affects their mental. Um, man, it was depressing to be honest. Um, 
Also, I didn't say I broke my foot, but I didn't know it was broken. So I walked on it for like a month, thinking that I rolled my ankle. Um, so like my last like bit of, of my senior year, just for regular school, uh, we were doing like senior trips and um, senior night. You know, we went to Universal and all this, mm -hmm. and I'm walking around on this on this foot like, damn, couldn't get healthy so I can start working out for college. Um, right. And it was just. Uh, it was, yeah, it was depressing. Like, that's like the easiest thing to say the least, but like I had faith and like the only thing like that made it really bad was I'm hopping like, like to go get food or something. I would have to like hop out, get on crutches, um, go down the stairs by myself, put my crutches in my car. My crutches are ginormous because uh -huh. I'm tall and trying to figure it out then I, once I put the crutches in the car in the backseat, I got to hop around on one leg and then get in the car. And then I had to take a break because I'd be so tired from hopping and carrying and all that stuff. Um, and I didn't like it when that, like everyone was helping me and stuff with like moving. Cause I felt like I, I would just wanted to move by myself. So yeah. it was just a lot. And like, it would take a toll out of me to do like simple tasks that I could do before. Yeah. And, and then, I didn't really realize it, but like now looking back, like it just, I wish I would have realized like just to be like grateful that I can walk around and stuff and, and jump and, and all that stuff. But I was just mainly, like, I was just like pissed and pissed, but excited because I was going to college soon. So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, would you say, I, I know one of my peers, she kind of did a story on athlete injuries and what an athlete's biggest fear is. And a lot of them, a lot of the football players said injury. Would you? consider that one of your biggest fears and was that your first injury that was I, I had other minor injuries but not never transitioning into something big uh -huh. um, when I was younger like I broke like, a good amount of things fingers collarbone um, but uh, I broke that foot and my biggest fear now I, is not no longer injury because mm -hmm. I've been through injury now but um, I broke some every year of college now, like foot going in freshman year, sophomore year, right before the season started, broke my finger. Um, and then this season, I just broke my nose. So, um, but like, yeah, so injury is no longer like a factor, especially because I know how to go about it now. But uh, in, initially, like, I would say like it was. Mm -hmm. And I know in a different interview, you said before, that was kind of like the best basketball you were playing at that moment. So as a player, like, how do you know you, when you're in your bag? Like, mm. you know? Man, uh, you know, I feel like you know, like when stuff that like, you either are doing stuff that you didn't really think that you would do maybe in a game mm -hmm. um, or like something that's not, I wouldn't say out of out of character, but it's like, like that doesn't pop happen that much. At least that's what I know. Like if I make a move that I typically like, not like a, one of my basic simple go-tos, something like with a little extra on it, um, because maybe I had to or I was just feeling it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when I know I'm, I'm in my bag. And then um, also like the way the ball goes in, it feels a little different. Like you kind of like let it go a little earlier. Okay. You know, you like you just start getting in a groove. It's like like dancing or something. Okay. Early on, you 
had your injury and you referenced that with the whole mask you debuted yesterday. Did you feel, do you channel like your inner Kobe at all or how did that mask affect the game? Besides early giving me a lot of discomfort, uh, it was um, it was cool like, um, that was my first time wearing it because mm -hmm. um, I, I forgot to wear it in practice, the one practice I had. But um, uh, yeah, I've been working out with it and stuff now, and so like it's getting easier to adjust to. But um, uh, like I like I love the little Batman thing they had yeah. going and stuff. Uh, you were saying the light skin Dark Knight. Yeah, um, like I think all of it's cool. Like I think that's one of the great parts about college basketball, like the fun in it. Um, but yeah, like I tried it. Like I always thought, like like like, oh wow, like you wear a mask and all that stuff. I don't know how anyone willingly, like Rip Hamilton or someone, would yeah. <laughs> continuously wear it. Because um, as soon as I'm clear to take it off, like I will, it will be yeah, back off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like the, but I can feel like I, I tried to at least channel a little bit, especially in the second half. So yeah, I want to run it back in this other segment that we call "Run It Back," basically looking at different photos or captions. Um, that guests do, but for you, I'm gonna look at like some of your old highlights, and then you can let me know okay. how you're feeling in that, how you w were feeling in that moment looking back. I'm gonna start off with I found one from high school. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, this is uh. That was. <laughs> what was that celebration? <laughs> that was what I used to do when I was um, younger. I, I was I'm I'm a little crazy. Like when I, when I, when I get on the court, uh -huh. um, this is in like eighth grade um actually uh and this was in seventh grade right here at the john lucas um i was working so hard for this camp before i came and so when i finally like got the the um opportunity to go mm -hmm. uh i was like super excited and amped and ready um and yeah like this was like this right here is middle school wise is the best basketball like, i've probably ever played Really? Um, yeah, like at this camp, like I didn't feel like anyone could stop me. Um, I li I literally have like some Pac-12 and NBA teammates on some of these in some of these camps. Oh, wow. um, uh, like Josh Green, uh -huh. uh, Jared Lucas is in here. Um, man, like there's a long Johnny Juzang. I think was at this camp. Uh, yeah, like yeah. So. Like that's 132, I'm pretty sure right there, that was Josh Green. There was a dunk in there. When was your first dunk, like in-game dunk? I was in seventh grade. I could already dunk like for real, for real, yeah. before um, I got one. Um, and so I, my first game actually for Compton Magic, um, I, I was driving left, I'll never forget it. Uh, I was driving left and then me and my dad, like we was working on like just like driving and dunking and stuff, driving in and dunking. Mm -hmm. uh, with him like being close by me, but not like like super next to me. And, and so I ripped it, boom, left dribble, left dribble. And then I just like do like a right left step and I lean kind of like Michael Jordan. And I just boom, dunked it. And uh, <laughs> my dad had the camera, recorded it. He dropped the camera and it was going crazy and stuff. And so, yeah. The next one we have, oh yeah, I found this one. Matt Bradley walks to Compton Magic Bench and challenges Jules Lenar, Timmy Allen, and Isaiah Mobley. So tell me what that was all about. This was a hectic environment. <laughs> um, I love Matt. He's a good dude, great competitor. Mm -hmm. um, game was extremely chippy. Uh, 
and we've been going at it all day, like, like for the past weeks and stuff. And so it was just, it was just, it was just like a hostile hoop of our which you like. Right. It's what you live for, exactly. like. Exactly. So. Um, Do you remember yeah. the gist of what he was saying? Yeah, he wanted to play us all because he they <laughs> they because he knew that they were gonna lose. Uh huh. Um, and I actually hit like I'm pretty sure the game ceiling or game winning bucket. Okay. On this on this and he was he was hot. Uh, Clearly. <laughs> and so, but yeah, but Matt's like he's just a real competitor, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, like love this environment. I feel like that's what makes basketball games and the, and the NBA so great. For sure, definitely. And then lastly, of course, the Elite Eight run. Oh yes. yes. What was that um, like? I'm right there on the baseline. Yeah. I see it coming. Um, and uh, it, this was like, uh, this is just one of the best like things. Like as a big brother too, especially seeing him uh, get the dunk of the tournament, probably like probably the dunk of the year that mm -hmm. year um, was excellent. Um, beating Oregon, playing another Pac-12 school over again that um, we feel like got the Pac-12 championship, regular season championship out of default. It was just, yeah, it was just wonderful. Like, I'll never forget it. Playing on the Pacers floor, that, that game was, uh, man, like it was great. Like the tournament in the March Madness is like one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life, so. Yeah, it's something that every college player dreams of. But I know, well, during the tournament it was, you know, COVID of course, and then what was that like initially having that all go down and playing without fans? Um, it's the worst thing that ever happened to basketball, uh, I think. Because um, it just kills like all energy. And like, mm -hmm. of course, us players, we can create energy and stuff ourselves, but it's just not the same. Um, uh, yeah, it's just not the same. Like. It's just like it, it. It doesn't defeat the the home court advantage thing, but it 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 depletes it. I would say a lot. Like like so having to do that like was horrible. And I I hope that we never ever have to do yeah. that again. Your elite eight run I know was nominated for the LA Sports Award for greatest sports moment of 2021. What do you think about that moment? It was so great. It hasn't happened in 20 years to the dot. That then, uh, one of our staff members was a part of that that team. Um, after dealing with COVID and all that stuff, it was like, like it made it worth it. I feel like mm. playing in that in those conditions, and then for me personally, like selfishly, uh, I played my best basketball of the year. So. Um, it was just for me, it was like wondrous. And I feel like I really found myself. Like I was down and stuff right before the, the mm -hmm. tournament. And so i um, trying to just figure myself out like as a person, like because I'm still growing, I'm still learning. And so right before like the Pac-12 tournament, going into the um, uh, the big dance, I, I found myself and that, and that helped me on the court, like just all confidence all around. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the rest is history from there. Yeah. Gotta run it back. Yeah, definitely. That's the goal this year. You say you found yourself. What does that mean? Like, if you, like for me, I feel like that season last year, 
when I, I prepared really hard for in the off season. Uh, mm -hmm. I worked super hard. Um, then I broke my finger and I was out for a month, and and that kind of like rattled some of the uh, my confidence and stuff with with like my skill in terms of like shooting the ball um, and stuff like that. And so, by athletically, I still felt extremely good, um, but. After that, I just, I don't know, like, I, would, I just wasn't the same. Like I was, and I was also, like, just too antsy. Um, I wanted everything at once. Like, I thought I would get all my goals and dreams, like, going to the NBA every, like, just in one game, each and every game for the most part of the season. And finally, when I just relaxed and I was like, let me just go here, have fun, trust my instincts, um, hold my follow through, mm -hmm. and just take it in stride like that, then... Um, and then let's just see what happens. Because I feel like when things are shaky and people always say like, well, what if this happens? And it's typically bad on, that, on, the, on the end of that. I just kind of flipped it. Um, uh, and I got the idea from flipping it from Last Chance U, mm. Netflix, the basketball one. Yeah. I know some of, the t some of those kids that are on there and I played with some of them. And I just like seeing like the passion and all that stuff. And I was like, I want that back. Like I need that, that 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 and just to have fun like they look like somewhat they having fun like winning and stuff and so I was like all right um let me just say like what if it works out like yeah. like people say like well what if you miss like the game winning shot or whatever but no one really talks about like what if you make it right like exactly. like and so I just kind of started thinking like that like like my three point percentage probably prior to to that last stretch I had was like 26 which is like horrendous <laughs> And so, um, but then I got all the way to 43 by the end of the year, and and I wasn't even on volume. So mm -hmm. um, I just kept thinking, like, what if I make it? And then I started making it, and I was like, it turned to what if I make it? Like, I'm going to make it. And then and then my confidence just has grown yeah. since then. You talked about passion and kind of losing it. I've heard that from like a lot of different guys and like interviews with DeMar, De DeMar DeRozan actually. And why do you think guys lose that passion that sometimes like, you know, that initially sparks them into the game? I just feel like like when you go through adversity and stuff, sometimes like it can, sh it can shake you a little bit. I feel like that's one thing, um, whether it be adversity like injury mm -hmm. or um, just not playing like as, as well as you want to or imagined or even off the court stuff. Um, mental health, too busy, like stressed out, um, and so yeah, like it, it's those distractions. Are, I feel like are easy to to cause people to to lose that passion and stuff. And but yeah, like for me, like to to get it back, like I just you gotta have fun. Like well, then you gotta figure out a way to have fun with it, cause like no one wants to do anything that's not fun. Like just just no one does. Like if they offer the option to do something fun. Um, or not fun and get the same result, they're going to pick fun, like, exactly. so. Yeah. I know earlier on you talked about playing every game as if, like, you got to make the league, got to go pro, and you had the chance to declare for the draft with your brother. So what was that process like? You know, for many, like, me and most of the world, they don't go through that process. So paint a picture of what that was like. Like a day-to-day -day type? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so pre-draft, um, pre-draft, first I'll just give an overview. 
uh, it's a hard, extremely hard, um, like training basic program, but in the right sense, um, in the right mindset and with the right people, um, I, I had a blast. Like mm -hmm. this past summer was the best summer of my life. Um, like not even, and I've had extremely, extremely fun summers, but, um, but it's hard. It's hard. Like it's, it's really, really, really hard. Like, um, typical day, um, or like one of our, like, I would say maybe harder days, uh, you have an early bird. So like, it'll be like a couple of guys. That's like your position, um, that goes to the gym, like maybe three or four of us at like, you gotta be there at like eight thirty, um, and we'll get shots, a bunch of shots, or like work on our weak, our specific weaknesses to to you, um, and then after that, ev everyone will come to the gym. Uh, you take your protein shake and your supplements every every day, and then you uh, stretch and then you do activation um, and like foam roll like you have to mm -hmm. um, before you step on the court make sure everything feels good. And if you need to get on the table and get worked on, you do that. And then training starts. Um, we start with like some resistance bands, but like, it's like hell. Um, <laughs> and, and then you do ball handling and then you shoot and you shoot and you shoot some more, then you run and then you shoot and then you run, 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 play some, a little bit here and there. And then you run some more and then you shoot and then you finish up and then you go lift like hard for like a like good hour, hour 30. Uh, and then you might have to do a little extras. Like I used to do a little extra stuff, um, like jump rope or get on the bike. And then, uh, but then after that, all that happens, it's about one, you get your food and then you do whatever you want. Anything you want, you could do. You just have time. So around relax. what time is that? You start at eight and then by the time you're done, what time is that? Around like 1. 1 a.m.? 1. 1 p.m. Oh, okay. 1 p.m. And then, so you were there for about like anywhere, like four to five hours. Yeah. You get like little breaks out in between, but it's just hard. Like yeah. you're always doing stuff. And then, or on like our Wednesdays, we would uh, finish at 1, go home, you eat, you chill for like an hour. Then you got to go do recovery. And recovery was like a little bit far from us, but... Um, you go, you get normal text, you do ice bath. Um, you, if you have any injuries or bothering you, they take care of it. Um, and then you go home and then you just do what you want. Like me and Evan would just chill with all the guys and like we just had like a good group of like eight or nine and everyone was just bought in just to making their dreams come true. And, and the best part I think about it is you get to just focus on yourself. Like what, what, what do I need to do better? Like when you're with the team all the time, it's like we aren't good at shooting threes or free throws so we aren't good at this so we all got to do that but with that pre-draft stuff like you get to focus on you just like i need to shoot better i need to be able to move faster i need to whatever at the combine i know there's other factors too like scouts and gms mm -hmm. watching and like the interview process how intense is that it's intense um but like for me i just told myself like i would go out there and i would have fun um and i did um my first uh, interview, or John, I seen Johnny, Johnny Juzang was there with me um, and we're tight. So mm -hmm. I see him uh, he, and he comes out the interview room like drenched. Oh my um, I'm sorry, John, I'm airing you <laughs> out. Uh, he comes out drenched 
like like he just worked out. Wow. I'm like, what happened? And he, I, I was like, were you guys playing games? Because I heard like sometimes they do that just to lighten the mood and stuff. And he was like, nah, bro, I was just sweating. Like it's just like Sheesh. they ask you like they ask you some hard questions like. Like, Do you remember any of them, the questions that they asked you? Um, yeah, like questions like, uh, do you love to win or do you hate to lose more? What well, did you say? <laughs> um, I said I hate to lose more, I think. Um, yeah, that's what I said. Uh-huh. And then some random ones like to throw you off. Kind of yeah, like, so those trick questions. Yeah, exactly. Or even like just like mental like therapist questions like, how many balls do you, ping pong balls do you think would fill this room up? Like. Really? Stuff like that, and then they'll ask you like who you're, com- who you compare your game to. Where do you think you should be drafted? Mm. Um, some other just like random scenarios. Um, do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you party? Um, sometimes they'll try to set you up like. Right. Uh, I mean, for those, where you like, yeah, party or. Oh uh, yeah, like you, I mean, honestly, when you prepare, because you do interview preparations too, uh-huh. like with, with the pre-draft training, so all that stuff, so you also do like like how to answer questions and stuff. So I was prepared, but like, you, I mean, in a sense, they tell you just be yourself and like tell the truth. Um, okay. Now, how you tell them is is like, a, I guess, a strategy or whatever, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really like, I'll just be myself. Like, yeah, I do, but I, I, I put my work first always, so. Exactly, okay, damn. He was drenched. Yeah, <laughs> and I was too after mine. I was definitely too, so. You talk about how intense that whole process was, and we know getting into the NBA is a very small percentage. So for you, going through that, going through that experience and then coming back to SC, how would you differentiate, you know, a pro, a pro player and, you know, just like a collegiate player? What's the difference? Wow, you have some great questions. I feel like seeing it now, um, and I feel like being a part of it, I guess, uh, on both ends. Um, uh, the difference between a pro and a college player, it's very circumstantial, but like the most general answer I can give you is, um, like a pro is like, a, it's just like, like, they know how to like assert themselves or their presence will always be felt. Mm-hmm. Versus a collegiate player, it can be felt and, and they'll do certain things the right way. But like also like I feel like when you're a pro, um, uh, you have like a little bit of more umph to you, like okay. like in like the uh, urban terms, I guess, like yeah. a little more like, I guess, nuts. Okay. <laughs> um, so you're like a little so that, more that like, it factor. Exactly. Okay. Like um, but like in in how and whatever their strengths weigh though like not just like like some pros in all right. matters they have that factor but like for some it's just like if they shoot it like you that presence like even if they're not even shooting it like you know like I can't leave this dude open like mm-hmm. or else he's gonna kill me like mm-hmm. um, so so yeah like that's the biggest difference I guess that you yeah. can say so then what did you gain from that whole process. Um, I got a lot stronger and faster, I feel like, and just um, better with my body, um, with some of those those comparisons and things they said um, yeah. on there. I can shoot a lot better. I learned the game, how to play, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and then um, just it just gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like going out there to the combine and being able to, to play well like I did um, told me like I could play with anybody, and um, and I feel that way. Yeah, definitely. And then your brother being number three pick, what was that moment like for you as 
an older brother and just that family moment. Um, I was extremely proud, you know. Uh, he's been killing ever since. And, like, I'm happy. I'm just happy for yeah. him. Like, I'm glad I could be a part of it, so. Definitely. Another SC player, DeMar DeRozan, you know, in the league now, I want to introduce the facts or cap segment, which is just true or false. I'll say a, a, one quote from him, and then you can tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. So he says, you got to be able to take criticism if you want to be anything close to great, even if it's not true. I feel like that's very, very true. Because if, if you, like, I tell all my, my young um, guys, like, to ask me for advice, this actually, like, if you... If no one can tell you anything, bro, number one, you're probably as best as you're ever going to be right now because mm -hmm. you're never going to learn anything. And number two, um, uh, I tell them, like, how do you think anyone figured anything out? Like, like I was like, think back to when you were uh, in elementary school and talk about the Greeks and they asked all these questions, yeah. <laughs> what, how, and when, and why, and all this stuff. And I was like, and all your favorite players, you may or may not hear about it, but they all ask or they go and figure out somehow to learn. So, so yeah, I'm like, you got to take criticism, whether it's true or, or not. Um, and how you use the criticism is at your discretion, but yeah, you got to be able to take criticism. Is there, can you remember a specific moment where you were giving criticism and did it enable you to, you know, be a better player? player? Um, yeah, I, th I think I've taken both forms of criticism, like true and not true. Um, um, and yeah, it has helped me be both a better player and just as a person, like, mm -hmm. just be like, okay, that's how you feel. Um, and maybe they're right. Um, right. And so I, I take them into consideration. I try to figure out how can I take that information and apply it to myself. And then also like when they give me criticism that I just don't agree with, um, I just put a, like, a chip on my shoulder and yeah. be like, okay, if that's how you feel. I'll, I'll, I'll change that, like, yeah. no problem. Is there anything specific that you can remember anyone saying that kind of resonated? Um, besides, like, blatant statements, like, you won't make it, like, mm -hmm. da -da -da, like, no. I mean, you're doing something right because you are now, like, one of the main leaders of the team at SC. How did you take any mentality from the draft and apply it to the season now? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, um, like, since I've learned, I feel like I feel like I've learned how to be a pro. Mm -hmm. I uh, I just kind of apply that and spread that same wisdom that I learned to my teammates um, so that we can all be pros and we can all help ourselves. And which I think if we all help ourselves, then we can help the team. Um, so, yeah. How do you see players like Boogie? We talked before Boogie, Chavez, how have they helped? impact the team um they're just um both of them are dynamic i feel like any given night um they can give you buckets or defensive stops or steals or blocks um so uh i feel like yeah having them around is definitely like a pro for our team and um yeah they're, they're both great mm -hmm. and we we see it as a result of the season um the usc ucla game we talked about previously um, I know your teammate Reggie is in one of my classes actually and our professor asked him about the game and what that was like and what he said was it was special to him even more than the Elite Eight run because of you know how packed Galen was and having those fans. For you, even though you weren't playing, what was so special about that game for you? Um, 
I mean, for me, it's extremely special because I love, obviously, Galen. The atmosphere in Galen was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a part of both Heartbreakers um, that we gave to UCLA. Uh, um, and so it was just like flashbacks to that. And then also, I got all my, like, some of my closest people are playing on the other team. Mm-hmm. So it's like an extra uh, oomph behind it. Exactly. Um, and yeah, like, it was just like wondrous, like, it's any player's dream so there's definitely a lot of hype with USC both football and basketball now so what do you think goes into creating a winning environment um just the culture um I feel like you have the right culture um along with some of the right pieces both on the floor and like administrators and coaches and stuff um I think you can create like a winning environment just on campus all the way around like I feel like USC has that um obviously not everyone is going to be as successful as everyone else, but like, um, and there's going to be different ways of who is successful. But I feel like, yeah, if you have a winning culture and everyone's bought in, then um, the sky's the limit. And like I said, just a great season so far. And for you, you already had a lot of accolades from just like the John Wooden watch list, Naismith Trophy Player of the Year. Do you use those certain awards and accolades as like a benchmark of success as a player or is there something bigger that you want to achieve I actually now that you said that at least during the season maybe after um uh I always saw it like I always saw it as like until I got the award I was like I don't really like Typically, I've never seen a list. I've never seen a list that I actually like with when it comes to names. Uh-huh. Other than if my name's at the top, like it's just like because I'm just like, too competitive. So um, I think it's great, and I'm grateful I'm on those lists and all that stuff. This stuff is cool, but like, like I just I want to win it. Like I don't want to like it's for me. It's not it's not really enough that for me just to be on the list. Like. That's cool, but like I just want to, I just want to win it. Like I just want to win it. Yeah, that's all. Exactly. So then I know earlier on in the year I talked to you about NIL, and it's been a minute. That was like in September. It's now mm-hmm. February. So what's been what's the up? biggest changes? Yeah. What's... Um. Well, definitely not rich yet, but <laughs> but um, no, nah, it's 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 still been good though. Um, definitely good. It's definitely fruitful, and I'm blessed, super glad that it's passed. Mm-hmm. I uh, I've made some like good amount of money, and and, and just like also just uh, I think it's great too, especially for college um, athletes, is just to learn like how to do business. Um, right. I did sign up with the NIL agent, um, but I have done a couple deals on my own, and uh, just like being able to do that stuff, um, I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, and what to do and what not to do and how to go about certain things and stuff. And so that's been great. And then also just having like a little more financial stability, um, like being a college student. Um, yeah, it just provides more and more opportunities um, to go do stuff that maybe I wasn't able to do before mm-hmm. um, because I have a deal or I have the, now the money to, to go do so. Um, and so it's been great, especially living in a city like L.A. Um, sure. It does. Uh, I mean, there's competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, Braun plays down the street, so right. <laughs> uh, you don't you don't get everything, but um, you do get good deals. And LA's expensive to live in, so like the, the yeah. extra money, uh, you know, what I'm saying we don't have to go to McDonald's anymore. <laughs> we can we can up it. So, yeah. so so yeah. Do you have a dream deal? Actually, I do. Hopefully, it comes true. Um, 
I'll say it. Uh, okay. Yo, if if Porsche, you wanna Porsche. you wanna do a, you wanna do a car deal? <laughs> or oh, honestly, anyone who wanna do a car deal, that would be great. Because um, I've really been into cars and a jewelry deal. Okay. Those two. You're trying to be iced out. Um, just yeah, just a little something. I don't something. like anything crazy, but just nothing just crazy, some, just something, something solid. Yeah, that would be cool. With all these deals, what is the importance of athletes utilizing their platform, whether big or small? Um, it's extremely important. Um, but I love what Instagram and, mm -hmm. and 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 people are doing. I feel like they're making it easier. Um, now you can do like like we post something like t together. We can have yeah. it posted together. Oh, I love that because. <laughs> I'm not a, I, I'm on Instagram regularly, but I don't, I just don't post all the time because yeah. I just don't take pictures of myself that much. And like, it's just a whole thing, but, right. uh, but I do like to be on there and I, I would say I'm active. I just don't post crazy. Um, I do plan on posting more just to try to help build my platform. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like they're making it easier um, and more accessible to everyone and, and different people who maybe don't, aren't as interested in, in Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. But um, yeah, use your platforms. Um, show your hidden talents of uh, people love that stuff because mm -hmm. um, it can help you make money um, <laughs> not really uh, I, I know a little bit of magic oh, here and there okay. but uh, other than that yeah I just be I feel like honestly though no 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 one hidden talent I do have is uh, I feel like I'll be really good on uh, like like game shows and stuff like that I know a lot of like random and like weird facts interesting okay that also goes to athletes, you know, using, utilizing their voices. And I know you and Ethan were, you were like spokespeople for the team during the whole George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Black Lives Matter movement. How did that come about and what did that role entail? Um, yeah, so some of the student body and like the BSA, the Black Student uh, Union, they uh, they wanted to, to make like a, like a platform or a place like where we could, uh, speak out and, and figure out how we can uh, help with the cause and stuff. And Coach Pygmy and Ethan as captains just to, um, to do so. And uh, I think that was great gesture by the school and by the uh, students to, to get that done. Yeah. Um, and I applaud them for doing so, to give us the opportunity to, to like we, last year we wore Black History Month shirts and, and stuff like that. And so um, we felt heard and, and all that stuff, which is important. For sure. And on that note of like making a change and a difference, you're with Wasserman, right? Mm -hmm. And Ted, one of the talent VPs, he actually came to one of our classes as a guest speaker. And on the subject of NIL, he was saying how he was picking, like, picking a handful of different athletes and people that were making a difference and you know could change the culture. So, in what way do you want to change the culture, essentially? Uh, I want to change the culture, like, so. I mean, I could say so. I did a deal with the Athletic Brewing Company, uh -huh. um, which is a partner of USC. Uh, and uh, I was the first person to ever do an NIL deal in, in Galen. So it's small, oh. it's small, but um, okay, it's a start. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, super excited about that. Like, um, uh, and it's baby, but like small steps make big steps. And exactly. so, uh, I think just having that opportunity to, to, to be the first uh, class to go mm -hmm. through NIL and stuff is super cool to me. Um, I have uh, uh, some other stuff. I'm, I'm not sure if I can say it yet, but okay. soon. 
around, or I could say this, around the UCLA at their spot game, there will be some stuff okay. for me more personalized. So if y'all are interested, check it out. I love you made a purchase. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I've done that. Um, and like a different type of deals. But beforehand, you were talking about the bobbleheads. Is that still in the work? Um, possibly. Possibly. Uh, <laughs> and I think, yeah, like, but like, yeah, I have some stuff mm -hmm. coming out. Um, and so, yeah, just stay on my page. Um, it's just my name, Isaiah Mobley. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, and then you'll see what I got dropping. For sure. I feel like it's, with NIL, it's like an investment into the athletes and the individuals. What do you think your value is, essentially? Um, like monetarily or or just to the whole idea, idea I, of it? We can do both. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm worth a good amount. Yeah. Um, especially like where, like how USC, our team is doing um, uh, this year and then me as well. Out of, out of at least we could say the basketball athletes um, in college, I feel like I'm on the, in the upper square, not the highest room, yeah. but, okay. but I'm not far from it. Uh, I feel like, like I haven't exploited this more just just because like I'm more focused on the season and stuff. Right. But like, I mean, I do have a brother that that plays in the NBA. Exactly. So um, <laughs> like we might be able to make some commercials or something. Yeah, something. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I think monetarily, I'm in a in a good space. Good I could spot. say. Yeah. Uh, and then just like to the whole ideology of it, I think it's, I think, yeah, like I think, I feel like a pioneer, mm -hmm. um, even if it's just gonna be at USC or the West Coast or whatever, mm -hmm. I get to do some of the, the some stuff first, uh, which I think is super cool. And I take pride in and I plan on passing on what to do and not to do to the, to the next ones that come behind me. Mm -hmm. Now your Instagram bio says peace and prosperity, which speaks to like that wealth and success. What is the importance of having that peace and in prosperity. your bio? Um, peace, number one, is the most important. Like, like, uh, like I tell my teammates all the time, like, if someone offered me a billion dollars or just peace of mind, I would take peace of mind. Mm. Uh, just because to me, like, that's most important um, for both on and off the court. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think anything, like, anything that we think is so important and so like, like that we value so much that it doesn't even actually mean anything. Yeah. Um, it sometimes just needs to be scaled down. Like people trip all the time. I see it um, at USC if they get an F, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like an F really is just, it's just a letter. Right, like, like what does that really mean? Exactly, you know? so like that doesn't mean you're like, sure it might set you back up if there's a final, like, obviously you have to understand value and, and take that seriously, but, but it, sh it shouldn't kill your peace of mind exactly. um, ever. Um, and same thing with basketball. Like I tell my teammates, like I treat the game like a competitive game of monopoly, like, mm -hmm. like whether there's 25,000 or there's just no fans. Um, Cause if I take it too serious, I got like, I, sh I try to never let the game ruin my day. Okay. Um, so if I had a bad practice where I was missing or, or bad game even, of course, I'm going to want to get better. I'm going to look back and learn to fix it and stuff, but I'm not going to be down in the dumps and sorrow because yeah. it's just a game. Like it's, it's not life or death. Like stuff could be way worse. I could be hungry. I could be exactly. like homeless and, and stuff like that. And so sure. like, 
like yeah it's just that's that's why i have peace and prosperity uh -huh. in my okay in my bio now we now we all know um so then i'm gonna end it off with a little lighter question speed rounds okay who do you play who's your team in 2k who's my team in 2k the Cavs. okay that, that makes sense um i know you took a sign language class in high school can yeah. you show off a little um, do you remember anything yeah my name I-S-A-I-A-H-M-O-B-L-E-Y. Period. <laughs> Pre or post-game meal? Um, post-game, because you get more um, freedom with what you can eat. What do you normally eat? Um, they have food for us after. Um, uh -huh. Sometimes it's like it's healthy. Sometimes it's like in between, like Chick-fil-A or something. Um, but if it's like a big win or something, I like to go, my family, with me and my family, we go to Fixins. It's like a little soul food spot mm -hmm. in downtown. Um, that's cool. Or even just like, yeah, like a little Chick-fil-A or like a dabble of ice cream. Not too much, just Not a little bit. Not too much. <laughs> just a little bit um, after the game. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Okay. Back to kind of 2K. What would, how would you rate yourself if you were? If I, uh, what did 2K rating I was rating in the game, my 2K rating would be a, I'd be at 84. With a A minus three, mm. and a um, A minus three and a and a B playmaking, and the rest of the game guys can. Okay, can, can that's do. solid. Yeah. Name me three things that you think are P. Oh, P. Um, being kind. Okay. That's P. Okay, that's P. Uh, being loyal. That's P. Okay. And. Having fun, that's Kind, P. loyal, and having fun. That's, that's P, for sure. So then lastly, you say you're a pretty good trash talker. I've heard in the previous interviews. What gets you going? Um, well, there's a, different, there's a bunch of different things. Like, the crowd is the easiest one to, to trash talk to. No one in the Pac-12 this year has really talked to anything to me, like, oh. like actual trash. Um, okay. They tried. <laughs> they tried. I, I just, I can't, like in college, there's so much to think about in the game that uh -huh. it's hard to. I feel like in the NBA, I mean, I haven't been there, so I wouldn't know, but like, it's a different format of how things work, especially like on offense and defense and stuff. So it's a little easier to talk trash and there's a little like, not more breaks, but like stops and stuff in the place um, where you might not be moving and stuff, but yeah, like. Or sometimes, like, I not trash talk to myself, but I'll be like, like. Just hype yourself up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah you're nice or something yeah. like that. Um, but, no, nah, I am a, I am a, the really big trash talker, though. That is that is true. <laughs> um, especially, like, even just, like, Monopoly or uh, uh, Ping Pong. Anything, yeah, just yeah. that competitive nature. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, lastly, I do like to end on a segment put us on so you can put us on anything that you're feeling that maybe you think is low-key it can be like a music artist restaurant anything you want to put us on now is your chance Damn, you got some fire segments um <laughs> i'm gonna put you on oh boom got it put you on uh one of the homies brands one of my favorite brands i like people see me wear all the time uh better days mm. shout out to julian uh Put you on, if you're not already on, you need to be on DoorDash. Okay. It's, it's elite. 
And that takes all my NIL money. So DoorDash. <laughs> Get a brand deal with them. Yeah, you, you want to give me a deal, bro, please. I'm with whatever. <laughs> it's um, wraps. That and then um, being a little financial literate. Don't spend all your money. Save your money. I had to yeah, I heard that. you're into stocks. I am. I'm into stocks. I'm into making money because, in. because I like spending money. So <laughs> that's, that's where I can put y'all on. All right. Way. Perfect. So that wraps it up. I appreciate you so much for joining me as you guys know like subscribe support on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube and then all the content related to closing will be on instagram at closing podcast so you can follow me there but thank you all and i'll see you guys next time 